It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13. Parental guidance is suggested for children under the age of 13. Chasing the vision of a drowned woman, Dr. Xander Crow has found himself trapped in the mysterious town of Wormwood, a prisoner within the old house atop the hill. Now, as secrets are revealed and horror becomes undeniable, sinister new shadows have begun to creep across this strange town, lost forever at the crossroads of darkness and fate. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 14, Jack Nicholson's Nose, written by David Acampo and Paul Montgomery. I killed a man today. Mm, yeah. Killed? Yeah. Oh, did you now? Well, who hasn't, am I right? Blood on our hands, it hardens the heart, the heart of the matter, the strange matter at the heart of the, the house, the object object pulses like a telltale heart at the centre of an infernal circulatory system, circulating, circling, circling around the point. Point and shoot. Must happen a lot in your line of work as the keeper of peace in this despicable little burg, eh, Sheriff? I've never... I had to draw my gun once, twice, but I've never fired it before. But after today, my day, the day I've had today... Everything's changed. Yeah, goody gumdrops. I ascertain that a tale is about to unfurl. Please, dear constable, tell us about this horrible day and don't leave out the good bits. Yeah, I'll tell you. I need, I need, I need someone to hear this. Someone object. Did you say object? You're a shrink, right? I mean, crow, you, crow, you, you used to be before you got all mixed up in the whatever this is. Your Honor, I object. Uh huh. To the use of the phrase "used to be," I am a quite extraordinary shrink. To this day, and mm, did you notice by use of the verb object, object, object? Tricky one, that. The way it sits under the tongue affecting one's speech. Oh, forget it, Crow. Can't be done, Sheriff. I'm sorry. Please tell me your little sad tale of... Well, it all started with Wayne. Oh, the lovely former deputy. Good man on the redundancy, by and by. The man was nothing but a thorn in my side. Well, you didn't hear why I fired him? He said something about Lynette. Oh, no, he didn't. Not a smart career move, eh, Sheriff? Did you kill our Deputy Drexel? <laughs> Kalu Galay. Oh, frabjous day. Good riddance to bad rubbish, I always say. Wayne's just fine, Crow. Mm. Oh, oh, the other one. The other Drexel, then? That, that wouldn't be so bad, either. Wayne said that I wasn't watching you the way I wasn't watching Lynette. Oh, do tell. And I think... That's it. Wayne's lost it. Good kid and all, but you don't make disparaging remarks about another man's wife. You just don't. But. But I went home that night. After I fired Wayne, I went home that night, and I, I guess I guess his words got under my skin, you know? Because everything seemed just a little bit different, like during a, a ball game when the defensive line shifts from two deep to three deep on the snap, and a second later you're caught in the zone blitz, you know? I was caught in that moment, like like something had shifted and was all about to change. Yeah, that's this ball game you referred to. That's the American game that's like rugby for pussies. Lynette wasn't home. 
It was becoming a habit. I, I hadn't even noticed it until then. There were leftovers in the freezer and a note. Tom, baked ziti in the freezer, heat on high for five minutes in the microwave. Don't forget to remove the plastic wrap. Book club meeting running late. Oh, they ought to read shorter books. I thought about going to those book club meetings a while back, just as a way to spend time with her. But I could never keep up. I, I only read in the men's room. The last thing I read was probably... What if the note was a forgery? What? No, 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 there was a note from Lynette. But nothing out of the usual, unfortunately. But I was promised a tale of intrigue and sinister machinations. So I fire up the microwave and try to watch the rest of the game. You forgot the plastic wrap, didn't you, Sheriff? <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, I did, actually. Oh, perfect excuse to leave the roost and stretch your legs. Dinner and a picture show, although the pair running the theatre are currently doing the nasty in what I presume to be the nether regions of hell. Anyway, so... Yeah, I watched the rest of the game and went out to the diner. But you were hungry for some more stale coffee and hash browns. Would you? Would you just let me tell a story? Very well. But when you get to the part with the big bad wolf, oh, won't you please do the scary voice, oh, Papa, please. Good evening, Sheriff. Oh, good evening, Jonesy. Listen, I'm sorry about the whole dust-up over the deputy thing. Understandable, Sheriff. It's for the best. Authoritarian roles tend to compromise my more free-spirited endeavors. Well, for what it's worth, you look good in the uniform. Hey, l- listen, did uh, did Deidre close up early tonight? This afternoon, in fact. Visiting some family back east from what I overheard from the dumpster. She didn't tell you. You're here nearly every day. You know, she probably did, and I just forgot. Hmm, that's odd, though. You think it's the carnival folk again? I recall the last time her brood arrived in town, it was quite the mess. We don't talk about that. Did the fair Mrs. Bradley leave you stranded without a bone upon which to chew? No more baked ziti? That would indeed be a tragedy. You should try the new Chinese place over by the video store. Just open. Here's the menu. Chinese place? How come I've never heard of this? Like I said, just opened up. I've been handing out menus just this week. Jonesy, you got a job? Strictly voluntary. I do have my principles. Well, I wouldn't want to see you step on your principles. I appreciate the sentiment, Sheriff. Here, hold on a second. Uh, pronounce this for me so I don't sound like a complete idiot. Sichuan. It's hot. It's also a province in western China. <laughs> Yeah, hi. Tea smoked duck. Is that a food or a drink? Tom. Lynette, what are you doing here? Bob Gildenstern. A pleasure to meet you, Tom. I've heard so much. Yeah, I I know who you are. Lynette, I I thought you were at the book club. Well, it would seem that the Golden Tiger hasn't found a delivery boy yet. We were getting hungry, discussing the time traveler's wife, and thought we'd pop on over for some noodles. Yeah, it smells awful good. What happened to the ziti? Uh, the microwave's on the fritz again. You should have told me you were coming out to the tiger tonight. (laughs) Talking about time travel. I I caught a Twilight Zone the other night. Oh, this was just spur of the moment. Was it now? Oh, oh well. I won't be too late, I promise. Well, I, 
I, I don't want to in, interrupt your book talk. You just, just give me a yell when you get to green eggs and ham. Now, that was a page turner. I'm partial to one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, good night then. Aren't you going to order anything? Uh, oh, no, no. I, I think there's some, some junk in the mini-fridge down at the office. I'm just going to go catch up on some paperwork. Oh, well, don't stay out too late. You'll trip over the ottoman again. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Pleasure meeting you, Sheriff. Green eggs and ham? I bet that one hurt in the morning. Well, I shuffled around town all night and all the next day. All kinds of nonsense popped up this week. Public complaints, cats and trees. I don't know, it's as if somebody up there just didn't want me to know what was going on with my wife. Sheriff's office, this is Bradley. Sheriff, it's Gracie. Yes, Miss Holbrook? Something's got to be done about this Winston boy and his coyote. Miss Holbrook, we've been through this before. Travis is an Irish setter. He's a perfectly well-mannered dog. He's won ribbons, I think. He's eating my chickens. We've been through this before as well. Do you have carcasses to prove the act? He's gobbling them whole. And then he licks up the blood. It's cruel and calculated. Did you use the new locks I got you last time? Yes. And he picked them. Miss Holbrook, a dog isn't capable of picking a lock. But... Maybe a coyote half-breed is. Oh, this is getting dreadfully dull. Where are the jagged edges so smooth like an object? Object. Would you excuse me for a moment? I have to go check. I'm getting to it, Crow. <laughs> so we it carry on. It's all about the, the little things, you know? The things you start to notice. They were always there, but it's only after someone points them out that you start to wonder. Why does a book club meeting even run late? It's not like there are deadlines. And why were Lynette and Guildenstern the only ones at the restaurant? Now we're getting somewhere. Look, I've been married for over 20 years, Crow. Straight out of high school. And I've never gone through her stuff. Not once. I never needed to. The ignorance is bliss. I've walked by her closet a dozen times. It just didn't feel right. You know, a man shouldn't snoop on his wife. And yet, you did. I did. Mm, what do we find? Love notes? Compromising photographs? Edible undergarments? There was a box... In the corner, some kind of satin sheets or something. And, and and this is weird. Was it bigger than a baby's arm? What? No! No. Chains. Big metal chains with, with weird writing on them. Ooh. Oh, my, Sheriff. It would appear Mrs. Bradley has a bit of a dark side. Good for you. Yeah. Dark side. Good one, Doc. You don't even know the half of it. Oh, good God. We're not even halfway through this. Look, do you want to hear what I have to say? Yes. Have you ever had a woman cheat on you, Doc? I did date a succubus once, but that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't. Lynette was all I ever needed. We, we had a rocky couple of years early on, but I just never needed anyone no, else. she was your beautiful little object. Kept away in a pretty little box. All I know is that suddenly my whole life changed. That moment, you know, the... The blitz is on, everything freezes in crystal clarity. And your long-buried detective instinct rises to the surface. Yeah, well, I followed her the next day. Well, I'm not ashamed to admit it. No, I am ashamed. But I had to know. Everything in Wormwood seemed different. That The people who all smiled and waved when they saw me, they all hid secrets now. The one person I could always go to for advice, Deidre Frost, she'd closed up the diner for God knows what reason. I felt a little... 
unhinged. And that's how I was when I saw Lynette and Gildenstern go into Hank Mason's inn. I see. They took a room in the back, far as I could tell. I watched from the side street, and she closed the curtain. I started shaking. God, Doc, Jesus, I had to know. That's how it always happens. Well, I waited outside that door as long as I could. I figured whatever was behind it, it, it couldn't be half as bad as what I'd come up with myself. The thing is, I didn't want to catch her in the act, whatever the act was. After all my snooping around, I just wanted to be wrong. Honestly, I wanted to come out of this looking like a fool. To have ever mistrusted my wife. But that doesn't make for a very good story now, does it? It's not a story. It's my life. No difference. But then you heard something. Yes, 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 yes. Really faint. It was a, a groaning sound. Maybe a, a moaning. Let's hope they don't forget the plastic wrap. Damn it, Crow! Look, I, I was out of... I was out of control at that point. I felt one hand press against the door and the other at my gun. What did you see? Fire. Candles. There were candles everywhere. On books, on shelves, all on the floor. And Lynette. Uh, candles on Lynette? No, 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 no. She was just standing there in a robe. A robe I've never seen before. It must have been from the motel. She was just, just standing there. She wasn't alone. Gildenstern. He was wearing one of the robes, too. Uh, Tom, this isn't what it looks like. Yeah, he actually said that. Like on television. And of course it wasn't what it looked like because... What it looked like was... Ah, uh, ritual. Look, light as many candles as you want. You can't make an affair into something holy. It's sex. Role-playing, I, I guess you'd call it. Sometimes Lynette would want me to wear my old helmet and, you know, charge at her. But but, but this this was this, this was involved. Yes, so it would seem. I, I step forward and something rushes past my leg. I pull my gun instinctively and it's... <laughs> it's Gracie Holbrook's chicken. What the clock? Gildenstern sees my gun and he's on me. He moves faster than I expected him to. He's got some kind of a knife. Only it's curved. Maybe some kind of, I don't know, a sex thing. Curved knife and a... Gildenstern. Bob, he tackled me. He must have thought I was planning to shoot him. So he swings the knife up over his head. There's nothing I could have done differently. Tom, no. Oh, I don't know what happened next. Only what happened after. Well, Gildenstern was never a big guy, but I, I could feel his weight on me. Nothing else holding him up, just a heaviness. And the funny-looking knife was on the floor. You shot him dead as the proverbial doornail, with a compass in the stock and this thing that tells time. Right through the heart. It must have been. It was only one shot. Beginner's luck. And what of Lynette and Gracie Holbrook's chicken? Oh, I pushed him off me. I'm still not sure what I'd done. Lynette gives me this look. She's not scared. Not at first. It's like it's like at my uncle Nathan's funeral. When I was real young, one of my one of my cousins told me to bite the inside of my cheek to keep from smiling during the procession. I didn't know what he meant until I started walking down the aisle. I don't know what it is, but you, you just smile sometimes when you don't want to. You get nervous because you have to put on this face and, and be respectful. And, and smiling's the worst you can do at a time like that. And, she was biting her cheek. It, it took her a second before she got a frightened look on her face. I looked down and I'm, I've got the gun pointing right at her. Tom, please. She looks at me like I was some kind of crazed killer. I just wanted to hug her, to hold her. I was too afraid to say anything. Who knows what I could have said anyway. But, but before I know it, my legs are carrying me out of there. I sat in my patrol car for 
Oh God, it must have been about an hour. I don't know how many times I counted the bullets in this thing. There's always one missing. I killed Bob. I've never fired a gun in my life, and I killed Bob Gildenstern. I, I just left them in there. And what of Gracie Holbrook's chicken? You know what, Crow? I realized something sitting in that car. One more. It's just another man dead in Wormwood. One more body on the heap. You're keeping them in piles? Less a cemetery than a morose, fleshy Jenga tower. And what's the object of this game, I do wonder? And it, it wasn't always like that. Wormwood was never a great place to live, but then you showed up. Now it's just a place to die. Florida songs the swaying palms. Songs sands at the banks of sticks. Watch your toes, because the water's twice as hot. You don't make any sense, Crow. I mean, less than usual. Are you... Are you on something? Because if you are... I'm... Don't be such a buzzkill killer. Kill killer. And aside from the poppy seeds on this morning's bagel... No, 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 no. See, this... This, this makes sense. You're peddling something out of this house. You've got the people of this town hopped up on something. I've got runaways, murders... Cattle mutilations? How now, brown cow? Tipping accidents? Oh. Is that your game, Crow? You just hop from town to town like a locust and take advantage? You reap the benefits, step over the bodies, and you don't let the door hit you on the way out? Is that it? From, from day one, I knew you were trouble. With a capital T, that rhymes with P, which stands for POSSESSION! With intent to sell. You coloring outside the lines now, Sheriff. Take off the glove. Mm. You let me go! What are you hiding? Track marks under there or something? You've <laughs> seen it, remember, in Emily Saunders' bathroom. First one's free. No glove, no love. <clears throat> Sheriff, you've already shot one man tonight. So? What's one more? Really, Doc? Locust, am I? Yes, well, let me tell you something about locusts, Sheriff. Locusts, plural, never alone. If you think I'm trouble, you'd better consider the idea that I'm not the only one stirring things up in this town. Locusts, seasonal. This has happened before. Locusts, plague of. Your town is sick, Tom! It's all because of you. Everything started with you. Everything? Don't get me wrong, your better half's got that sexy librarian thing going on, but I never dog-eared any of her... Don't! I should kill you right here and now. I can't peg you for everything, but I can blame you for plenty. You killed that salesman. And who knows what you did to Tibbert to get your mitts on his property. It ends here! Mm. I had you all wrong, Terra Sheriff. One look at you, I thought you were as lame, dark, a yellow-bellied sap watching his town go to pot. Stick that in your barney fife and smoke it. That's what I thought, but tonight you killed a man? You done prove me wrong. The sleeper has awoken. I'd clap, but I might catch a bullet. So this is where Drexel got his ideas, huh? You talk to my deputy... Giving him the idea that I don't care about my town or my marriage. Not everyone at the sheriff's station seemed to lost their curiosity. He's done his own field work. He saw something and spoke up for it. Noble sense of justice. You're not recording this, are you? He thinks he's some kind of vigilante. 
I've seen the diaries. He thinks he's in a comic book. He's still on patrol, even after I took his badge. Do you know what a vigilante is, Sheriff? A man who doesn't know when to quit. Or a man who doesn't quit when the law already has. I never quit. I'm just overwhelmed. I'm one grunt in a town that needs a National Guard. And you fired the one chucklehead keeping you afloat. Some priority checks mix is in order. I never asked for this job. But I love this town. And the people in it. And to suggest that I wouldn't mind letting them down. Never again. Your town is sick, Tom. Keep it from picking at the chicken pox. Don't wait for the pus to pop. Catch them red-handed. You're not wrong. I'm just as guilty as you, Crow. I'm, I'm soft. I let things go until tonight. Tonight? My God, I've killed a man! Let's keep that number on prime, shall we? Killing a man, that's not justice! It was self-defense, you boob! You didn't want to be gutted with the sex dagger! Look, I wear this badge for a reason. I represent the law, the word of the law, the letter of the law. Jude Law! Look, I shot a man and killed him. Me too! A club is in order. I hate clubs. Oh, yes, and from the sound of it, more occult. I'll have to remember to investigate that matter. God, I, I need some air. Are you all right? You should put something on that jaw. Tibbet seems to have consisted entirely on freeze-dried London broils. I'll slap one on after you've driven off with your sidearm. But to where? I, I can't just go home. I always imagined you and Drexel having a pair of hammocks at the sheriff's office. I just don't know anymore. Hmm. Yes, well, it's getting rather late in the tooth. How did I let it slip away from me? How did... Forget it, Jake. It's Wormwood. Okay, what? It's from Chinatown. The film, Polanski, Jack Nicholson's was sliced up, schnoz, classic noir, sordid little tale, not unlike your own. Yeah. Well, I never saw that one. Good night, Sheriff. Good night, Doc. It's Wormwood. You'll need to drink plenty of fluids while the decayed tissue regenerates. I asked if you still loved him. I know what you asked. It's a ridiculous question. Of course I love Tom. I've never stopped loving him. He's my husband. And yet, 
You manipulated him into killing your colleague, Mr. Gildenstern. Unnecessary sacrifice to bring you to Wormwood. Necessary sacrifice? Who? Gildenstern or your husband's innocence? Both. You made your husband believe you were having an affair. You set up the moment in the Chinese food restaurant just to encourage his suspicion. He may be an officer of the law, but my husband is no detective. I'm just glad he took the hint. You say you love him, but your actions speak otherwise. What does your kind know of love? It's all about the bigger picture. You, of all beings, should know about that. I'm doing this for us, for me and Tom. He wouldn't understand, and so I have to guide things just a bit. One day, when the object is ours, he'll understand. He'll realize that he married me for a reason. That despite our little losses and tragedies, we will finally emerge victorious together. You delude yourself, human. It amuses me. Hmm. Well, how is the body? This was the husband of the sacrifice to the guardian? Emily Saunders' husband, yes. Brent. Brent. I find the irony delicious. No one knows he is dead. Only Hank Mason, and he's with us now. Oh, and Crow. But he'll be taken care of soon enough. Crossroads is produced and distributed by Habit Forming Films, LLC, and features the cast of Season 2 characters. Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Perozzi as Sparrow and Rachel Nolan, Scott Olinick as Jacob Kidder, Nicole Rayburn as Harmony Barrister and Nurse Wendy, Rob Grindlinger as Sheriff Tom Bradley, Cedric Bloomington, and Don Marino, Anna Maganini as Lynette Bradley, Peggy Nolan, and Commander McQueen. Chris Blaylock as Dr. Pete Menno. Peter Dirksen as Jimmy Details and Jonesy. Dave Johnston as Wayne Drexel, Jonathan Kidder, and Dale Lighthouse. Ben Boodman as Chip Drexel, Mr. Carrefour, and Bishop Grail. Robert W. Allen as Special Agent Wojtek. Joy Venides as Sister George. Zachary Folks as Brent Saunders. Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan, Coralie Nickars as Deidre Frost and Emily Saunders, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason, Bob Gildenstern, and your announcer. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. The Wormwood writing staff includes David Acampo, Jeremy Rogers, Jeremiah Allen, Rob Allspaugh, Tiffany K. Whitney, and Rick Beta Jr., Wormwood created by David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Copyright 2008, Habit Forming Films, LLC. Wormwood is a serialized podcast drama and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast, creators, and individual episode credits, please visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town. 
You're listening to Tuesday Terrors on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is our weekly anthology for science fiction and fantasy as Lothar Tuppen brings you Wednesday Wonders. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of amazing audio or find the Wednesday Wonders feed in your favorite podcast player. And thank you for listening, everybody. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.